Hey everybody, welcome to My Town Hustle. Today's episode is going to be about wayfinding. Stay tuned. Welcome to My Town Hustle, where we take an in-depth look at the people, policies, and processes that make small towns work. Focusing on trends in urbanism and creative economies, My Town Hustle explores the ideas that make our community special. So sit back and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, everybody. My name is Jared Perry, and today we're going to be chatting about wayfinding. Uh, I am here today with the Yoda of all things government, Brett Alphen. Hey, everybody. Uh, and Sam Tootin of Sixmo City Services. What's going on? So, wayfinding. Yes. I When we said we were going to talk about wayfinding, I was struggling to to find things to kind of to chat about so i think this is going to be uh a a little quickie episode Mm. but just because it's quick doesn't mean it won't be good Mm. (laughs) for me this is a interesting topic it's i think out of this i'm going to want your opinion and and brett's opinion just in terms of uh, user experience you know how we engage when we're in this built environment and just kind of understanding when you're out, when you're with your wife and your kids and you're walking, really, like, what are you looking for? Even in Marietta, but even new cities that mm-hmm. you go to and try to understand how you get to, from place to place. Well, this is one of those interesting things. I think everybody listening has experienced wayfinding, whether yes. they know it or not. Mm-hmm. So we're going to shed light on that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess to, to kind of kick us off, uh, there's there's four kinds. I don't know, if, Sam, yeah. if maybe you want to kind of run through those and then... Your four types are identification, directional, informational, and regulatory. Okay, so that's a pretty acad- academic yes. way of, of thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but not how you really look not at Not how it you interact with it, right? Correct. You've never been like, man, this is awesome regulatory wayfinding. That's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> so great. That town has excellent yeah. regulatory wayfinding. Yeah, <laughs> so give me the 10,000-foot view of, I guess a municipality or maybe even a main street program like who does it and you know why why do they think it's so important really you know main street or anybody representing a downtown for example you have wayfinding in districts right so when you associate like main street and wayfinding they're obviously they're more keen to do it in their particular historical downtown Um, but as a city you kind of have it everywhere um because you know what your mods are in your community or what neighborhood has what. So aesthetically, they may change in terms of the signage to get a feel. But when you enter that, especially if it's like an old historical home, um, one, for example, would be like the Juliana Historical District in Parkersburg. You know, it's very old Victorian-style homes. If they had wayfinding, it would probably match, obviously, where, where exactly you were compared to. They have arches. They have arches. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> they have arches, but <laughs> are they? <laughs> they're not golden, though. Don't worry, folks. No, no, or no. there are they arcs? No, arches. No, no Mickey D's there at all. But you understand where you are right when you get there. So as a city, I, I'm a big component of cities having themselves branded. You know, sure. you, you should be branded. You should yep. every so often look at what your brand is. You know, are you? 
do you have the logo from the 80s and it's in a really weird font and unrelatable anymore and doesn't look like you're trying to attempt at either changing or uh, just adapting adapting right? yeah yeah carry the same principles but adapt as life progresses well yeah. and we, we all have built environments right and we want to we want to get people in and around those built environments to see the stuff that makes us unique the stuff that's interesting um and how can we do that in the most accessible and easiest way possible i think yeah. that's for me that's that's wayfinding and like i said earlier we've all done it we've all used it um we may have not known what it was but we certainly have <clears throat> about that there you <laughs> go we're we're so live I got, I, got, I got emotional right there <laughs> don't, it's a wayfinding that wayfinding just, just, me up just, just gets me don't tear don't cry yeah uh that's but, good so but it's a practical way of how we use signs to navigate around this right how do we give so, folks visual cues to get around yeah. right so probably one of the refrains i guess you guys might hear is everybody around here knows where they're going so why do you need wayfinding right like if i know parking right that's a that's a great example a big yeah. large p yes yeah okay i if you're from around here you know where to go to park but i would argue if even if you're from say parkersburg and you're visiting mm -hmm. marietta knowing where where to park if you want to try out you know the new restaurant 740 social if you want to go there where am i supposed to park you know, if, if you can't find street parking, for example. So I guess I could see maybe that or, or tourism really being the, the lead foot that drives, uh, you know, wayfinding it, it initiatives. Is, it is, but I also don't think that most people know exactly where they're going, even if you live here. There's several people that have no idea where to park or better yet, don't want to park at certain places sure. because of where it may be in relation to where they're going. So there's kind of twofold issues there where, People may not want to walk the way or how far they actually want to walk. And two, they just really maybe not know. They may not know if it's free. They may not know if they're yeah. going to get a ticket through city enforcement or, you know, just if it's private. Right. So it helps with planning. You know, I think every f different strokes for different folks, right? Like my wife, when we leave the door, she wants to know exactly what we're doing, exactly where we're going to go. Where are we going to be? How are we going to get there? You know, me, on the other hand, I prefer the adventure. Yeah. I'm just going to head downtown wherever we are and figure it out yeah. and just kind of explore and experience it. Now, wayfinding usually yeah, it helps. give me so much anxiety. <laughs> See, that's the engineer in you. See, you're <laughs> yeah. the engineer. Yeah. You're talking yeah. to a bunch of crazy social scientists over here. Yeah. Um, but I'm, but you know, so the wayfinding typically starts with those points like parking because that's where folks are going to gather or it's going to be their point at right of, of first entry. Yeah. I'm going to park my car and then I'm going to get out. And then what? Yeah. There's yeah. your opportunity to enter wayfinding at that moment along with other places but typically that would be a great place to start so yeah folks I, could start. so yeah i could definitely see that if you were visiting sure. somewhere like i'm just going to go downtown and i'm going to walk around sure and i will find things to do yep totally see that um <clears throat> so let's let's finish up the academic portion of this i know mm. you've got some um you know some historical context of where when and where this this term kind of came about and the elements that are associated with it. So if you could go over that and then we can kind of dive in maybe to some local examples. Yeah, there's a nice book uh, from 1960 called The Image of the City by Kevin A. Lynch um, where just kind of the term, I think you could pinpoint to where it's been used. Um, 
in a more defined way because uh, he did define it as a uh, consistent use uh, an organization of defined sensory clues from the external environment. So, you know, it is this cognitive look of even though we navigate through any environment right away, we pick up cues and we may not, sure. we don't, we don't take it in or, you know, our decision is really made really fast based on what we see. Even if we didn't take a full couple minutes or even 10 seconds to decide, Ooh, I see that. I'm, I'm on it. There's no decision. That's where we're going. Mm-hmm. Just like to Brett's point, you get there, you kind of, all right, what's, what's, what's now, what, what's going on? What are we doing? And that's, that's it. It's so basic in that sense that it's literally just signs. We're talking about signs, but they're used in a creative way to help with the sensory overload so people can make conscious decisions and not make the wrong ones either. Not say, ah, it's too far. Sure. You know, man. I don't know where it's at. I'm done. I'm tired of walking. <laughs> right. Because I've had people ask me where the Valley Gym is. Here in Marietta, we have the Valley yeah. Gym. It's a big stern wheel. It takes you up and down the Muskingum and the Ohio River. It's literally down Front Street, probably a couple miles. It's underneath the only bridge that goes over this road, so it's hard to miss that too. But that scares people a lot of times. They may not. They don't know. Sure. If they don't know me, they don't trust. I'm just telling them randomly where to go. Yeah. They're going to make their decision whether or not they believe me or they even want to go that far down. But when you see a sign that says Valley Gym this way, and you're kind of already committed to going, sure, you might pull the trigger. Well, and the visual cues part is a big part of it, Sam. I think that's, to me, wayfinding is all in the, my personal opinion is it's all in the visual cues. Mm -hmm. So to you, to your point, I've given that direction lots of times. And it was really helpful if I'm on the road and I can point down there and be like, do you see that bridge? Yeah. It's right under there. And so that visual cue, to your point, kind of gives them the confidence to be like, well, it's not too far. Yeah, it's I think I can make it, yeah. you know, and all those things. Mm-hmm. So so you're right. The visual cues part for me is the biggest part of it. And it happens everywhere. I mean, think about being in an airport. I mean, there's wayfinding in airports. And we don't even think about it because you come in and you just naturally look up. What are you looking for? Yeah. The bathroom. Yeah. It's right there. That's yeah. wayfinding. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. So it's in it's everywhere, not just outdoor environments. But I mean, it's like it's like many things. Good wayfinding when you're experiencing it, you don't even realize it. Yeah. Because it's so seamless into the environment, it's seamless into your experience, and I think that's what we're always working for in the places where we're trying to implement that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I was kind of looking up this topic, it seemed like everything that I found were either people didn't care at all, like they had zip opinion, or it was the most contested thing, and quite yeah. frankly, <laughs> comical thing out there. So what about wayfinding and, and the, just the aesthetics, you know, the, the packages that are put together? What makes it such a contested topic? You know, maybe I know there we've got a, a package here locally that's I don't know if it's even been rolled out. It has not, but it's no. it's in the works and it's getting closer. OK, yeah. but that was a that was a thing. It was yeah. a thing for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So kind of go into that a little bit about, you know, what communities, you know, if you don't have this or you're thinking about doing it. What is, you know, why, why does it get so heated and contested when it comes to stuff like that? The easiest thing in the world to give is your opinion. Mm-hmm. And with design, there's no wrong answer. So you can look at anything and be like, yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. And right there. And I don't have a reason, really. Yeah, it's and just you don't. I feel that I don't yeah, like Yeah, and that. you don't really yeah. need one. And so I think it's easy. Anything like that is easy to get very collateral. I mean, even if you're not invested in the rest of the process or the rest of what's going on it's easy enough to look at something and be like, I'm not feeling that. Yeah. 
Mm. I'm, I'm thinking about this. And so to Sam's point, I think wayfinding has become one component of a larger branding effort in places where it's really well done. And I think that helps keeps these arguments and things on the rails because, hey, we already have, you know, design elements or other uh, philosophies around what we're trying to do as, you know, downtown New York City or downtown Marietta or downtown PKB. We already have kind of guidelines. We're working inside that. Yeah. It can't just be a picture of, um, you know, anything that you can think of because that's not relevant to what we're talking about. Yeah. So, yeah. But I, you're totally right, Jared. I mean, it's, it's easy to give your opinion. But it's, and there's a venue. Yeah. <laughs> and you've had this argument before in terms of a city that has other needs. You know, when this, when if it's an initiative a city's putting together that is taxpayer, maybe based on general mm -hmm. fund based and reallocated every so often, you're going to question whether or not that money needs to go towards something else. Well, that's just one of, the, <clears throat> one of the things that I remember hearing when I first moved back and they were still working. So it's been in the works for like three plus years. It really has. Um, and people talking about the, well, I mean, why, why would I need to know where to go do that? Like that was literally one of the questions. Why would I need to know where to go park? Right. Yeah. Because you're asking, you're not necessarily asking the tourist, you're asking local people about mm -hmm. it. So do we have any, any numbers? Were you able to find anything in your research for, you know, tourism related numbers for our, at least our County? It's a larger sector of our local economy than you would realize. Um, I think we take it for granted because we're very adjusted to tangible um, industry sectors. So things that we could touch, right? We produce plastic, we produce polymers, we produce those things and it's very tangible to our economy. Tourism is not so tangible. And so unless you're making a focused effort on understanding overnight stays and all those kinds of things, you don't get a sense of that. Yeah. But I can tell you that it's more, it's more than you would think it is. So this is a report from uh, June of 2018. For Washington County, sales, tourism impact on sales was $229 million. Okay. The, uh, the sector employs 1,906 folks, uh, produces $42 million in wages, and $26.9 million in tax revenue. And I think if you ask the average person if they had any uh, any idea that had that level of impact, the answer would be no. No. Yeah. Right? No. I'm, the look on your face is my, telling me everything I need to know. Wide open. Okay, so you know here that that needs to be the number one selling point because in three years I've not heard those numbers. Well, the impact of tourism on Appalachia in total is over five billion dollars in Appalachian Ohio. That's crazy. Yeah. A backseat, you know, a car, a, a a gas tank car ride tourism, you know, that's you know we kind of model ourselves as you can go anywhere in like two or three days. Yeah. You know, for a weekend, which is producing $5 billion of sales impacts in the 32 Appalachian counties of Ohio. That's, that's mind blowing to me. My next question was literally, you know, why should people, why should the everyday average person, you know, care about this? And I don't know how it's going to be for say somebody in, you know, the middle of Kansas or, or Iowa or who, wherever yeah. that you're listening to this. But for us here locally, that is a number that is staggering. Yeah, sure. So for, for me, I guess I, I would definitely, uh, if you're out there and you've got wayfinding, you know, it seems to be on the docket or something you haven't talked about yeah. in a long time and tourism, you kind of had this feeling, I think there's more people visiting, sure. you know, than maybe we know about get those numbers. Yeah. I yeah. mean, because that's the easiest way to, to figure out whether or not, if you make things e in life in general, if you make things easy for people, 
they, they will come. Yeah. They really will. True. Yeah. Um, even just getting off the interstate. Now that I'm thinking about it. Why do I pick certain exits when I drive to the same place all the time? Not, Convenience, not. right? Convenience. I know what to expect. I know exactly where to go. I know what the signs are going to lead me. I know that I'm going to be notified two to three miles in advance, you know, of where I'm going to go. That's how I found it in the first place. And then it just becomes a habit. Now you're talking about gateway signage. You're talking sure. about, well, I didn't hear that in the first, um, that is, that is, not is that regulatory or is that <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's all in one. What would you say? Cause you know, that's an exit. Your informational, it's telling you what city you're mm. obviously arriving and direct and, well, well, I guess you need an arrow to kind of so many you. levels. Exit one. So many levels. <laughs> but who would have known? I love. I do love gateway signage. Just get off on that tangent mm-hmm. because Marietta, as we're exit one in Ohio, as you come off West Virginia or as you're about to leave, you know we are right here, and from a good stretch between Cleveland and into West Virginia, there's little to no stops really in terms of amenities. So Marietta has a lot to offer if you're traveling very far. Sure. And why not have a nice, beautiful, big sign that says, you know, welcome to the city of Marietta. You will stop. You'll be like, this is a city that I want to stop. I want to make my way as I plan my trip or as to spontaneously just need to take a break. We're going to stop right here. That's kind of the beauty of where at least our interstate is in terms of our town. So a lot of times they're not always in the best spot, sort of too far away. And it's been, it's, we can go into that some other day, but gateway signage definitely goes into wayfinding signage in terms of branding too you know where you are immediately yeah i we we should have another topic about that about kind of what is your gateway to the city because i i think everybody here locally would argue that where you get off on the interstate is i mean it's marietta but it's not what we're talking about right here this isn't the stuff you don't get off to look at our no our kroger Right, you you get off here to come down <laughs> yes. to this historic town, and you miss it so often when you do that. Well, sure. I think about it's so important because the navigation of our nation really is still based on interstates, mm-hmm. right? That's the primary way folks are traversing between communities and between states. And so, to Sam's point, having those gateways is important. It is also wild to think that the interstate is only fifty-five or sixty years ago old. Yeah. So think about. Not so long ago, well, even I mean, the the parts in West Virginia that I mean, those are from the eighties. Yeah, and think and think about yeah. it. there are folks in this community who clearly and easily remember when the main way to come into Marietta was like right past Rinks, like that was how you came into Marietta. Yeah, wow. or you came or you came on seven the other way. That was our gateway, yeah. you know. And so sixty years ago, our efforts would have been focused in a very different way. And I would argue, you do that differently than you do interstate uh, wayfinding or gate, yes. gateway yeah. efforts. So. The, the interstate system has changed it. You know, that sounds like a topic in itself right yeah, there. It is, yeah. <laughs> there we go. And to give you some perspective of the struggles, I think, that cities may have with both of those issues or even trying to get funding for one, when I was at the city of Parkersburg, we advocated for more wayfinding downtown. But the political push was really more for gateway signage. Granted, their gateway signage that they did have was very outdated. A lot of cities have these welcome signs that have every other club, you know, that has their sign. They're, they're a tree city. Kiwanis is there. Little Lions. League champions, 1986. Yeah. 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 Title Town, Parkersburg, you know. I mean, it's just stuff that eventually over time, P- 
people either understand or it's not relevant anymore. Sure. Yeah. And it was a little tough to push that narrative forward of why we thought wayfinding was important in that built environment more so than just the gateway. Well, on a Jared's point earlier, I think wayfinding ends up as one of those things that you're really doing in many ways exclusively for visitors. I don't want to use the word tourists, but people yeah. that are visiting and it's, it's like we were saying in earlier episodes, you have to decide as a community that we want people from other places here. And it, w once we decide that, we can make life easier for them and being here or traversing our sites or visiting our attractions if we help with wayfinding. And so it kind of, you kind of go back one idea of, do we want more people here visiting and doing whatever else? If you do, then here's a way you, you build that effort. And if you don't, I guess you don't do wayfinding. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Well, I think this quickie has turned into a longie. Um, yeah. So I got, I got, <laughs> before we, we shut this down, um, are there any examples where we can go to tell people, you know, to look at wayfinding kind of done right, or at least unique, you know, in that sense? Uh, one really unique one that I found um, is Nashville, Tennessee. They did a live yes. music venue uh, mm. wayfinding. So something that indicates that live music is played here. Um, now, that in, maybe that includes part of their kiosk, part of an app, or somewhere that you can, you know, when you go to Nashville, you... Uh, are informed about, mm -hmm. you know, about those. But again, it's a visual cue. Once you see one, you kind of know what to you expect. You can pick up on another one. Yeah. I think a great example of wayfinding and how it's integrated into multiple systems is Washington, D.C. So if folks have ever been to Washington, D.C., the transportation around the metro area is really centered around the metro. And so the wayfinding for the metro stops and all the museums and all the sites in Washington, D.C., I think is a really tight package. It's easily understandable by folks who are non-native English speakers and people who, you know, are not, are not from our country have, have, you know, little challenge navigating around Washington, D.C. to see the site. So I think that's another great example of yeah. a tightly integrated, you know, metro transportation package, exterior, you know, signage and visual cues for sites and all those things. And it works in a non-language based way now if you know some english it makes it a little better but yeah. mm -hmm. you can definitely get to the white house on the metro if you have limited english which is a great achievement that's hard yeah that is okay so what about if if you're out there and you don't have like, if this is an initiative a torch you just want to pick up and run with yeah. like who are you going to talk to you know if it's not if you don't have a main street program or hopefully you have a cvb yes yeah that'd be any or any kind of agency that's advocating for tourism in your in your community if it, you don't have a cbb i could even argue your chamber of commerce yeah if you have that mm, okay now that's a whole other thing too i think in terms of you know we didn't really discuss much of the process of wayfinding right or how to choose a design that you you do keep it open in terms of public what do you what do you include and what do you not include uh, in terms of where to go um, that's a, another he headache too, is what private, and what private business gets advocated to go to more so than, than different ones. But, um, your chamber definitely would be, would be someone on board. And calling back to an earlier episode, I would say wayfinding to me would be a, a, a great component to add to your comprehensive planning effort mm. because you're trying to understand what your strengths are, your, your weaknesses, how do we operationalize those things? And then wayfinding is going to help us draw energy to those things in, in real life. So I think it's, you could easily do that as a component of your planning process if you have one. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Cause if you're, 
having projects built yes. or you're chasing initiatives that are after your comprehensive plan, there's certainly something you want to yep. be able to show off and draw people to. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's going to do it for today's show. If you'd like more uh, information, be sure to check out our show notes. Um, if you've got questions, feedback, topics, uh, concerns, criticisms, hit us up. Support at MyTownHustle.com. Uh, if you are feeling froggy, we'd appreciate a five-star review. Uh, that helps us gain exposure uh, and advance our mission here at My Town Hustle. So until then, thanks. Thank you for listening to My Town Hustle. We would greatly appreciate it if you would share our podcast with someone who you think would benefit greatly from it. But most importantly, subscribe and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever platform you consume your podcasts. It would mean the world to us. Until next time, folks, thanks for listening. We start dancing and begin rolling.